All right, welcome into the BFR podcast presented by Sports Mockery. A little bit different. Uh, if you're looking at on YouTube right now, we have uh, Nick Whalen of the Bear With Us podcast, also a writer over there at Football Guys. I have my good friend, co-host Ficky. Uh, follow him out on socials at It's Ficky Baby. And then, of course, me, Dave. Follow me on all socials at Dave underscore BFR. And then we have our producer, Jack, here. Uh, which Jack, what is your Twitter? I don't have my memorized. Twitter is not my real name. It's J-A-C. And then my last right. name is Scroggs, S-C-R-O-G-G-S. Awesome. Awesome. Well, first of all, Jack's going to stay on here. We have Robert Schmitz of uh, Dub Bears uh, blog. He's going to be hopping on here in a little bit. He's buying a car, I heard, or something like that. Right, Ficky? Um, <laughs> yeah. But he's going to be here. He's going to be here in a moment. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, some football. But before we do, uh, Ficky, Ficky, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, everything's been good. Okay. Twitter's been fantastic. No toxicity of any sort on Bears Twitter. So, that that I've ever seen before. So everything is uh going great. Okay. Um we'll get to that in a minute. And and then Nick, man, first of all, thank you for taking the time to, to hop in here with us. We know everyone's busy talking about a lot of things, but how, how are you doing? How's how's the off season treating you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. It, right now I'm I, know, I like to go super in depth. So I'm like looking at free agents. I'm looking at the depth of the draft and trying to figure out how they can get a whole team together. And I, I'm excited, man. Like I know people get angry on Twitter, but like the bears are in a good spot. So it's, it's all, it's all gravy for me. Awesome. Yeah, it is. A, it is. I like, that's one things uh, I wanted to bring you both on for is because you do go, it's a perfect word. You go more in depth. It's not really emotional. We talked about it off air about how you guys really just look at this thing from a, you know, facts. Here's what we think. This is what, you know, traits, everything like when it comes to just not the quarterback position, but free agents. Uh, and then of course the other draft prospects, because the bears not only have the first pick, but also the ninth pick right now currently. So, mm-hmm. Um, a lot, lot to talk about. And then, like I said, Rob will be joining us here in a short. Uh, but Jack, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You've been with us for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know, first of all, where you stand with the quarterback situation. So as um, Nick said, we got to get everyone on record here. So what, what, what are your thoughts, man, before we get Rob in here? My thoughts are pretty simple. If you look right behind your left shoulder, those are my thoughts right there. I am all in. I'm on Fields train. It's Fields till I die. Uh, he's my guy. And so, you know, feel I, I'm a big Justin guy. I don't fully believe in Caleb yet. And that's like a, I don't know. It seems like an outdated excuse, but I, I don't, I prefer to keep Justin. Uh, with that being said, people are talking about the Patriots possibly trading the three to us and we give them our nine and then a second rounder and then Justin that I would <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would find room to complain there if we can end up with Caleb, Marvin, and then the rest of the offense as well. So, but right. my official stance as of today, JF1 till I die. Yeah, I got to follow up. with that. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> Go I got to follow up. So, yes, since you since you're willing to take Fields at 3 or ship him off for a third, what about the reports came out? I think Adam Schefter on Pat McAfee's show was talking about how Mike Tom, Mike Tomlin loves fields right so what happens and this is this is probably i think more likely or plausible is that they trade the 20th because they're too far back in the teens right to trade up to get anything in the top five we trade them fields for a first rounder and we probably have to send a fourth with or maybe like a fifth right mm-hmm. so it's it's uh we get their first round pick 20 they get fields in a fifth would you do that i don't so know we'd enough, have one but... nine and twenty I don't know enough about the bottom half of that first round. Like, you know what I mean? Like the prospects, like below 10. I don't know much about them. 
because that's not where my focus is. You know, like I'm focused on one and nine, and then like that's what I'm looking at. I did see today that the DraftKings odds, not that it means everything in the world, but uh, the Steelers were plus 600 to land uh, the one, and then now they moved up to plus 120, which is nearly the same odds uh, from the Panthers trade last year. So that was interesting to think about, but like I said, I have no comment on that question at that time. I, I have no clue. No comment. If there's somebody down there, I don't. I'm, you guys would know much more than I would on if there's someone down there that we could, you know, potentially land and help us out as yeah. much as a Caleb Marvin thing would. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Nick. As far as say we do get a pick here, um, however we get there, whether it's trading back from nine or even there was reports about Pittsburgh being interested. Um, potentially sending that pick, what is it, 20? Is that what you guys are talking about? Yeah, yeah. Right? 20. What would you think, well, who would be your target there? Say you get your quarterback, you get your receiver, where are you going in that 20 to 30 range? Yeah, there, there's a lot of prospects there that I like. Um, I am actually a little in the mold of let's really build around the quarterback. I think you could almost go double receiver because you're going to have to have starters yeah. out there. There's like Brian Thomas, who's a big six, four receiver from LSU. He would be there. If you like the fast guy, Troy Franklin would be there. You could go your D end. Um, the D ends I think are slipping. So the top three are Lau Latu uh, from UCLA. He's got some medicals. He's not as long or as athletic as the other two. But he's the best, I think, refined pass rusher of the three. Jared Verse is more of your Montez Sweat, like a big guy that's more run stuffing. He can still get after the quarterback. And then Dallas Turner is kind of more of like your athletic freak that's more of a pass rusher. I think one of those could fall there. Or you could just make all the Bears Nation happy, Dave, and get uh, JPJ. Jackson that's what's thinking, Jackson Powers. Yeah, and who is like, I mean, it's actually an interesting story. He was like a backup and filled in at guard for two years. Then this year, like, okay, you can start at center. And then he was an All-American, and he crushed at the Senior Bowl, super athletic. He would just fix that spot. So, yeah, there's some good options there. Yeah, realistically, though, would you use pick 20? I know he's actually, I think he's 2020 or he's 22nd overall in regards to PFF's big board. So would you actually take a center – mid round like that in the first I, I wouldn't because I'm so position valued because and I also I see so many really good free agent centers that are out there too I mean that's something I think that we all should discuss I mean there's the positions the Bears need there are some good ones in the draft and there's some good ones in free agency so really it's going to be what's the best value and what you can get uh, for a dollar or a draft pick I would hold out and only spend a first round pick on a corner um, a tackle a receiver or a quarterback in a DN. That's literally all I would spend a first. Ah, you, you could twist my arm into a pass rushing three tech, but that's it. Okay. Yeah, there are some interesting centers, but before we get into all this, I guess, Rob, you finished buying your car. Is that right? That, that's what we heard, right? <laughs> that's it. Right, right. <laughs> this this time it's childcare. The moment we bumped from 630 to 7, my wife was like, so you're going to put him down, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but so are we jumping right in at center? JPJ, I take it? Kind of. That's what we're talking about. You got any thoughts on it? What do you think? Well, so look, in my opinion, I think that 20 is probably too high for a center. I mean, the what we've seen at least is that Tyler Linderbaum is about as high as you're going to see a center prospect taken. But the good news for Jackson, Jackson Powers Johnson is that he's a guard. 
I mean, at this point, he's playing so well in terms of the power that he shows us, the movement that he gets, the displacement ability that you see in his tape, that there's going to be an NFL team that's going to value him at guard that can also play center, which you can never have enough of those guys, can you? And so, in my opinion, I know this is far-fetched, but the way that the Bears probably get Jackson Powers Johnson is if they do decide to either trade down from one with Pittsburgh, which would be a long way down, or they trade fields and somehow end up netting pick number 20. I think that right around there, if you had that third extra first, I know we're dreaming at that point, but you might just have the capital to pull off a move like JPJ. Other than that, man, I, I don't know. I kind of think he'd have to fall pretty hard. And at that point, let's let's start here because I'm sure you guys already talked about it. Are we signing a free, a free agent veteran center either way? Because you got to do free agency to. first. You have to. I, I'd rather have a starter. So I, I want a veteran who's going to snap to a rookie quarterback with this what? team, right? I think that makes more sense. Like if we want us, and then we can yeah. we can still draft a center, but have them play behind. You know what I mean? Get your feet acclimated, things like that. But I don't want I don't want rookie center with rookie quarterback. I don't know. That's just my yeah. opinion. Well, I, I'm kind of excited that we're talking about centers to start this show off before we get to, you know, kind of the most over talked about, you know, quarterback uh, situation right now. If you haven't heard, haven't heard of course, of Rob and Nick, <laughs> yeah. but I really want to dive into this. If they do go free agent in center, there's Connor Williams, Andre Jones, Lloyd, um, Cushenberry, uh, Aaron Brewer, um, to kind of top four. Do you guys have any targets here who you, and I'll start with you, Nick. Who would you target here if you are the Bears and say you are going maybe? Well, it doesn't even matter. Justin, Caleb, you're going to need an, a, a center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two. So I like Connor Williams the most. He is the okay. most risk. He is torn his, he's torn both ACLs. Uh, he did one, uh, and again, I'm, I'm not going to get the year right. I think it was 2019 uh, in week 12, but then came back and started every game the next year. This last season, he tore it in week 13. So you're like, okay, well, he's done it before. Can he come back? But of the free agent centers, he's the only one that's been a top five center in multiple years. The other ones have had like one good year. Another one's been like, eh, like really yeah. mid or worse. So if you're going to spend any kind of money, I'll go after the guy that has at least elite ability. Or I'll go Aaron Brewer, who is, I think, the most athletic, uh, maybe besides Williams, because he was teamed up with our now assistant O-line coach in Tennessee. So he knows him. And then you compare him with, a mid-round center like we're talking about, and that way we don't have to worry about that again. Yeah, I'm absolutely down for a double dip if we're talking about the players that we're looking for because I – look, it's hard to draft a center just because you can either spend high capital on a center. Maybe you get a Creed Humphrey. Maybe you get – who's a kid for the Vikings? Is it Lloyd Cushenberry? Uh, but I know that they I tried to draft one so. lately, and now I think he's hitting the market. Uh, but mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, Nick. That's the name that I settled on was Aaron Brewer, as a matter of fact, just not only because of the connections that they have to the staff, but also because you're looking for somebody of – little better than what we've got or than what Seattle had and Evan Brown. It's hard to get excited about a center that was part of one of the worst offensive lines yep. in football. And it wasn't as if he was the shining star on that offensive line. They were all pretty tough, but I, the bears need a veteran presence at center. And as much as I'd love for them to have a killer, I just don't know if they have, if they have the budget this year to sign that killer at free agents or at free agent center and still also get a killer on the edge. 
edge and also get a killer on a wide receiver. Like, I think you guys, we'd all agree. If the Bears could just have five first round picks and $120 million in cap space, <laughs> man, it, this would be a lot easier. Easy. But in the You're wide world it. of in the wide world of how all the puzzle pieces fit together, mm-hmm. part of me wants the Bears to build a six man offensive line with a four deep interior. If I got to choose right where that sixth offensive lineman is actually like some decent capital gets used to draft that guy. If the Bears do at any point trade back or they add a second round pick through whatever trade mechanism they might, I think that alignment would make a lot of sense. But I really don't know if polls in this Bears org has the patience for that kind of vision because that would imply signing a veteran center that you expect to play and then using a early day two pick on somebody who you're going to need an injury or a regression before you see them play, which maybe the bears would want that guy to play immediately. I don't know. You, you know, you know, one thing I, I actually, I just thought of that might change actually my opinion. Maybe, maybe go JPJ is because the top, okay. Three of the top four teams this year, Detroit had an all pro center. Then you have Linderbaum and Creed Humphrey, like two of the best centers in the NFL. So it's like, is that some kind of secret sauce that we're not thinking about? Like having this elite center really covers up so much for a team because as we know, Justin Fields had a guy right in his face all the time because of the terrible centers. I think we'll read yes. about three that were terrible over two <laughs> years. So, I mean, maybe that is an important position that's underrated. We'll also think about it, right? That why, why I don't want rookie and rookie is because at the end of the day, right? We talk about the intellectual standpoint or like how much information that center has to withhold like because he is the quarterback of the line right the call outs Mm -hmm. the shifts the adjustments the things like that so you have a rookie quarterback coming in who has to do his learning on the fly and has to do this all for the first time in the nfl with someone who's also having to do it all for the first time in the nfl i'm just like it just doesn't seem like we would be it wouldn't be helping each other be set up for success at least you talked about it rob like you know maybe they don't have the patience like it, they could be great together but how fast are we trying to get there because this team isn't you know this team isn't dog shit right we weren't the worst team in the nfl we we we, <laughs> we are trending up so you you don't want to put something in place to where you start to regress tremendously because you're going to lose the fan base and all that stuff and you know this you, you got to start winning games at some point so I, right. I, I wouldn't be mad about the double dip. I think, we, you know, the trenches of how you win in the NFL. You look at all the, the best teams in the playoffs right now, other than I take out the Chiefs, but even they have a great defensive line. But if you take out Patrick Mahomes, all the other teams, right, that don't have Patrick Mahomes, like the trenches is where it's at. So if we need to double dip on either side, I'm totally fine with that. Plus, they get injured all the time. Like, they get beat the hell up. Like, yep. so you need to have someone who can come in and, move around and things like that. So it would be really prudent. You can't convince me otherwise, right? It's just a matter of would the bears be willing to spend a top 50 pick or maybe let's say top 60 pick just to keep it easy on a player that wouldn't start day one. I think that's completely acceptable. I mean, come on. Do we really think that Tevin Jenkins or Nate Davis aren't going to get injured at any point? Do we really want, like you're saying, that rookie-rookie pairing? I mean, it's easy to forget. Patrick Mahomes sat for an entire season, and then after an MVP-winning second season, told, I I can't remember, I just remember that the interview happened in a barbershop, that he, he told us that he didn't 
really learn how to read defenses until the tail end of his second year. And at least from what we've seen since then, it sure seems like he meant it. So, Ficky, I'm right there with you asking a rookie, because if we just assume that Pat's not the only one, that all these rookies are yeah. learning on the job against grown Bad. men that are fighting to feed their families, right? Then you want guys that are going to be able to take the pressure off of whatever rookies the Bears draft. That's the best part about the Bears potentially drafting a receiver. You already have DJ Moore to play that number one role. That's the best part about potentially drafting a lineman. You already should have a starting line in place. And so maybe that helps the quarterback out. Maybe the Bears don't move on at quarterback. Who's going to say? But like you're saying, I I think it's just a little little too much dynamite potential to, to line up a rookie center and a rookie quarterback mm -hmm. and expect results that aren't explosive mm -hmm. in a bad way. Well, so, I think so here's my question. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the fun thing this year is after tearing the whole thing down, the whole team, now you can double dip. And because, I mean, you have to have mm -hmm. multiple edges with rushing the passer. You have to have multiple receivers and packages and threats. And, you know, a lot of teams now have three safeties is like the super popular thing. And our third safety is terrible. Very so, bad. you know, this is now the time when polls can like start really dealing be like, hey, you know what? Now I'm going to build depth. Now I'm going to build sub packages and we're going to have other players instead of remember we would just like sign a db and we're like we hope they're not terrible you know like and, and signing receivers and hoping that you know valus can catch a deep ball like now it's not going to be as desperate i feel like now we're going to start building some strength and like when guys go down we're not going to be as effective as we were in years past and I think that leaves a perfect transition. Uh, you talked about like grabbing guys that you, you, you can use for packages. Well, we've already seen that with polls. He literally did that with drafting a nickelback and Kyler Gordon. Like he's not a, a high pick. He uses them for nickel, like basically specifically. He played some outside early on in his rookie year, but mostly does nickel and the dime packages and things like that. And we had David Kaplan on last week, and he was talking about how like polls basically sticks to his board. So I feel that if he sees that, you know, he's taking away the positional value. Like if he sees, hey, look, JPJ's on the board, looking at my grading system, he's higher than the rest of these people. I'm taking him, right? Which I enjoy. I think I, that's the smarter way because you get yourself less in trouble. I like just if you build your team with a bunch of great players, sooner or later, things just align. You know what I mean? And and then, you, if, then if there's holes and things like that, that's what you can do with free agency the following year so uh i hope that is the case and i and i would not be mad if you start if we start to see double dipping this year i think they'll almost confirm that he's kind of doing that bpa do you guys agree yeah i think so i mean i i'm just trying to count to three or four over here just to make sure i don't <laughs> jump in at the first sight right but yeah. i I agree with you, Fick. I mean, we've spent so long as Bears fans, what, nigh on a decade at this point, where we've been drafting for need all the way through the fourth round in most cases. I mean, let's not forget how often we go, well, yeah, you're just going to have to draft one of those guys, and then we need the rookie right. to come in and be a superhero, right? Whereas the way a lot of these good teams stay good is by planning for the future. Draft for what you don't have in three years, not what you need in 2024, but what you need in 2025, 2026, 2027. Obviously, that's a heck of a long term view, and most teams just don't have the patience for it. But what we know right now is that Tevin Jenkins' future is uncertain. 
What we know right now is that Nate Davis didn't give us enough to bet on anything beyond the last guaranteed year of his contract. What we know right now is that the center position isn't figured out. So adding an extra guy, think like Cody Whitehair when he was originally added, right? He got added as a guard, but he ended up being needed at center, ends up making the Pro Bowl, right? As a center is rookie year. I mean... I can't help but think that adding on the offensive line is going to help whoever the quarterback is. I see it as something that would be really valuable to do. The only thing I would turn back on you and just say, we have seen polls draft for need before. There's no way you can convince me that Valus Jones at number 71 wasn't best wide receiver still on the board. I have nearly no doubt in my mind that... Did I lose Rob? Can you guys hear yeah, him? I think I lost him too. Yeah. Yeah. I lost him too. Rob, hey, you're I, spitting so much facts. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> there you are. Story short, it muted me for some reason. Uh, long story short, I think that at 71, they, the Bears said, shoot, we really thought. You're, you're on your other mic now, Rob. Yeah. Come we can on. hear you, but you're on the other one. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'll, I'll just add this in. That's like, what the other thing I think. Fire. Yeah. The other thing I think that that's fun with this is when you can stick with Falouse, which I know some people didn't like, and you don't keep changing coaches and changing systems, they have to rotate and get their players in, et cetera. Now you can build that depth. Now you can start building that fun versus like, okay, this isn't Falouse's guy, or this doesn't fit Falouse's scheme. And then you have to flip from going from a 34 to a 43, or he likes pass rushing ends versus Falouse likes run stuffing edges. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's when I think you can build. So that might be part of why polls wanted to keep like with the current path is that you have to keep flipping. We're not like constantly churning over coaches and rosters. You want to build something for the long haul. Well, I mean, no, yeah. go, I... Back... go ahead, Dave. Oh no, go ahead. Vic. I was gonna say, I mean, if you go back to the most successful years that we've seen, at least in my lifetime, lovey, that defense mm-hmm. was at Tampa two for that whole time. Right. So is, mm-hmm. it is good to have, consistency i think that is the main reason why i am on board with flu staying is because it worked so let's be consistent and keep it and then we can improve along the way having to this team every two years or even almost every year there's someone in and out at least from a coordinator standpoint where it's like you don't get two years of something and then normally they're out the door because it sucked the next guy they bring in two years of ass they're gone. And it's just like this constant repeat. And it's like, you're not giving anybody enough time to either. A lot of them is first time hire. So allowing them to learn on the job, you, you know, talk about a quarterback coming in a rookie quarterback. He's learning on the fly. Some of these coaches come in and have to learn on the fly too. Now, if it doesn't work out after a good amount of time, that's totally fine. I get why you'd fire them and let them go. But Flus is at least Flus in year two, his side of the ball improved tremendously. So it would I get you may not like him as like the 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 face of the franchise that get get up in the podium and 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 give you this great inspiring talk, right? But you know who else wasn't like that? Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith was listening to Lovey talk was like a, you know, he could put you to sleep. He really could. And I love Lovey and I think a lot of us love Lovey because he won games and his defense was dominant. So, I am now if Flus doesn't work out this year, then obviously there might be some questions, but like but, based off at least what he's given recently, there's no reason for me to think like why will we start the whole thing over? Like we've done that so many times, so many times. 
I, I will say this before Rob and, and Nick, you maybe jump in on this, but first I think Lovey was actually kind of funny. Like if I remember, I thought he had some funny jokes. I, I really liked Lovey, but I kind of see where you're coming there, Ficky. But secondly, what you said there about if it doesn't work out this year, then we have questions. And that's kind of what everyone was up in uh, arms about, about Caleb Williams. If they go the rookie quarterback route and then you fire your head coach, it's almost, it's the same uh, storyline. We've seen this every single, what, for, since like 20, mm-hmm. what? 10 or something like that 2012 whatever it is so for me that was never i, I don't know how you, rob how, how did you feel about flus did we ever so, have to ask you that yet it, well i'll fit it in anyways because as soon as vicky <laughs> started talking about this i was i got like on the edge of my seat if I there's one thing that i think we can make the mistake of doing on podcasts and sports talk radio all over the place we we make everything very binary we make it the way that we want it and we make it the wrong way And there is this way in the middle that we don't talk about a lot, which is it's not what I would do, but it's got plenty of decent reasoning. And let's see if it works. And that's keeping Matt Eberflus, right? By all of our understandings, Matt Eberflus had at least a four-year contract. We pretty much know this. We don't know if it's five-year, but it's very rare in the NFL to hand out a head coaching contract of three years or less. So the expectation that I certainly have is that Matt Eberflus was effectively given the full end of his contract at this stage. Unless we go full Carolina next year, I fully expect Matt Eberflus, worst case scenario, to enter 2025 on the hot seat. I don't think they really want to say, Matt Eberflus, you make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback or we're done here, right? And I can't help but think, Dave, look, like I'm saying, Is it the way I would have done this? Well, I want to believe that Ben Johnson's the next Kyle Shanahan, but there've been a lot of Arthur Smiths. There've been a lot of these offensive coordinators that get their shot and things don't really come together. And when they don't, you end up with a disjointed team that has to create change again. But maybe it helps a rookie quarterback that you bring in basically the best offensive coordinator option that the market's going to allow. And so he's going to go, or he's going to raise this rookie quarterback. If that's the direction the bears go. And on the other side of the ball, you have a defense that's, experience basically no turnover at all and so they should be able to keep scores low gosh i feel like i sound like i'm speaking from 2008 but truly (laughs) think about all these different college games that caleb williams has played in where if he didn't score 55 points his team would lose whereas Mm -hmm. in the nfl he may have to score in some cases as few as 21 24 points a very average point total to come away with a win against the vikings to come away with a win against the Lions. I mean, big teams that one play might just be the difference. And maybe that's the the route the Bears think they can go here, right? Where, again, maybe it's not what we would have done. Maybe what we thought was the more exciting option carries more risks than we want to admit. So we'll have to just let Eberflus speak for himself. I'm okay with that. At the very least, it's it's got better reasoning than I originally thought it did. It's just not the reasoning I was coming to. And I'm just a guy on the Internet, right? No, <laughs> aren't we all? more than more than just a guy, Rob? No, I'm got to give a guy on the credit. Internet. <laughs> They're the ones getting paid for this. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> Nick, real quick before we get to the super chat here, um, what are your thoughts on bringing back Flus? Honestly, I like it. I think everyone was so gung-ho on you have to get the offensive guy and that's the only way to be successful. Mm-hmm. But then you have Buffalo, right, with Sean McDermott and, like, they've been okay. And I feel like 
as Chicago fans, right? We always think about like, okay, you have to get a guy like Ditka. Like that's why we like Dan Campbell, right? Like, okay, this big fiery guy. He talks a lot, whatever. 80 ounces of coffee. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Bite kneecaps. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, okay. Who's successful? John Harbaugh isn't loud. You know, Andy Reid doesn't say much. The Shanahan's have never said a whole lot. I, 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 yeah, I sure. Yeah. I sure as heck don't want the guy from the Eagles who comes off wrong. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather the guy that looks like he's boring than the guy that comes off wrong. Right. Which can be interpreted a lot of ways. So to me, I was okay with it because you have this continuing build, but then the also thing the, the Rob talked about with the length of contracts, we have to shift this to the guys they just hired. Most assistant coaches get three-year contracts. So if you put that into, okay, we just got quarterbacks, we just got Thomas Brown, we just got Waldron. And if you do this for three years, and I mentioned this on our podcast, but like, let's say things go well for once in Chicago and Waldron after one or two years gets a head coaching gig. Okay. Then you have Thomas Brown, who was a really hot candidate two years ago, learns from him and just takes over his OC. It just sounds like there's a succession plan kind of in order. So having that already there, now I'm I'm, I'm way more okay with Flus. But before that, it was like, is anyone going to come here? But after you saw who came here, you see the confidence they have with Flus and, and Poles and everybody. I think we know why people want to come. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, no. If you build it, they'll come, right? <laughs> Look, I mean, right. I think I think we know why people want to come here. It, it's worth remembering, though, man. Like football is a team game across the board. Like yeah. one thing that I think gets so tough about this, and look, I mean, I've been deep in the Twitter trenches talking about this all week long, and it's a couple fans reached out to me and reminded me that Justin Fields is a Bears quarterback. He's not only just the Bears quarterback, but he's a Bears quarterback. We have invested a lot of emotional capital into. I mean, he was the guy that was going to save us from the horrible direction the 2020 season looked like it was turning towards. I mean, we all remember that, right? Like, there's a reason Nick's dog is named Fields. There's a reason that we all thought this guy was the guy. And so while I know, Ficky, that I think a lot of logic is pointing in a very specific direction, I don't want to be coy about how hard this topic is for some people. And that may sound corny to some, but it matters, right? Like the, the four of us were trying to, I don't know, have a conversation about sports, which ultimately is all about talking to people relating to people. Right. And this is just, it's a funky time to be a bears fan, right? Because you can tell just based on how tense the whole fan base is right now, that what should be exciting and probably will be exciting, whichever direction the bears go is turning into a lot of hand wringing and a lot of bad feelings in a lot of people's gut, because we're so terrified that the bears will pick the wrong option. And everybody has a different take on what that wrong option is. You know what I mean? Okay. I I got something here because we, we, talked about this off air a little bit about how like the nfc is a lot easier than the afc you know and it kind of reminds of like how how the, the the nba the east was easier right lebron had kind of this easy road and it kind of feels like how it could be for chicago but it brings me to another parallel that i really this really bothers me as a fan of the bears for a long time anytime we get a quarterback it didn't matter who it was i mean i've been in this, this road for a long time Kate McNown was a first round pick, trade for oh, Rick yeah. Meyer before that, et cetera. Everyone is so critical and negative that I dare fans of Chicago to be supportive and positive and talking 
upside of players for a while because we don't support our quarterbacks. You look at other franchises, they do it. How was it in Green Bay? They're like, well, he's just developing. He'll figure it out, right? It was way more positive than anything Chicago's done. And here's the other part too. I feel like people are just like, well, look at the Chiefs. You have to get a Patrick Mahomes and then you'll be fine. He's he's one of one, y'all. Yeah, one tough. of one. It's like the NBA being like, hey, we have to wait around and get a LeBron James. How, how many years have we been waiting? Y'all, like, yeah. there's one of one. Like, you could get a Durant. You can get a Luka. You can get these guys. They're still not winning the championship by themselves. Like, no matter what we do, okay, we have to build a team around whomever it is, Justin, May, Daniels, Caleb, whatever. And that's what it's going to be like. Like, we have to build a whole thing here. We need to keep this thing positive and not booing the offense if it if like Caleb starts right his first start and they go three and out the boos could even come out oh like my it, gosh yeah. be positive y'all be positive that's yeah I think well here's I the think, yeah, here's the ahead. problem oh go ahead uh the so I was gonna say this because my good friend is a, is a Packers fan and, and you're exactly right he was like yeah we'll get you know we'll see how it goes and whatnot and they have that positive mindset because the franchise has shown that they can do that previously. Oh, we just lost. Oh, he's back. Okay. For some reason, your camera just disappeared. But it does that sometimes. <laughs> uh, but exactly. Uh, but basically, is that the, they have, they feel, they don't feel like their sh ship is sinking in essence. So, like, everything doesn't freak them out, right? Their ship has been afloat for all this journey while they're out at seas, right? And they've never had any issues come along the way. So there's no reason for that negativity or doubt to creep into their mind, right? They've had good relationship after good relationship after good relationship. So they're not worried about their girl leaving them. You know what I mean? Well, us, on the other hand, I'm not saying it's right. Like, I think the negativity is crazy from the jump. But we're kind of like, yeah, I've been cheated on like nine times. Why would I be surprised <laughs> that this 10th isn't isn't going to spit on my face and leave with my best yeah. friend? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of get that standpoint. But I will say one thing. I think Fields was the first quarterback in my lifetime where there was – it's not like the support was crazy like these other teams, but I think that was the most support I saw for a quarterback getting drafted because it was the most talented, at least on paper, to get drafted by the Bears that early, to walk in the building. Like people, I think that's why people were so quick to be like, you're our savior, because that was the best prospect of a quarterback to ever fall in our laps. When also, I think another key part was, most of us didn't expect that we were going to get him. It was a pipe dream because we were picking at, what, 20, right? And we jumped all the way up to 11, you know what I mean? So... I think we've just been burnt a lot and people, you know, and people are just not handling it in a, in a very healthy, I'd say way. We have a lot of PTSD yeah. and trauma and we all need to go to therapy. That's basically and what it is. Not to mention Ficky. I mean, 365 days is an awfully long time. You multiply it by three. It's a very <laughs> long time. But if we all remember rookie or fields rookie year, I say this lovingly. We got to remember Fields started and finished nine games and he finished with less than 200 passing yards in more of them than he finished with more than 200 passing yards as a rookie. And we just didn't care. I mean, it was Matt Nagy's fault. It was Allen Robinson, who's just a giant quitter's fault. Like it, he's a rookie. He's going to get better. Very sane and normal takes that I would probably have again, to be honest with you, because I think NFL rookies get a really, really hard job 
when it or in the NFL where they're basically asked to do way too much, way too fast. And I don't think there's any better example, at least for recent or recently, than the Bears just throwing Tyson Bajan in the fire. And come the second week of his UDFA starting career, they were having him call protections. They were having him run audibles. Like they had him processing the game like a veteran starting quarterback as a second starter rookie. That's just a lot to ask. And no, to no surprise, as he basically continued to start, he lost a little bit of confidence with every waning game. And the Carolina performance was probably one of his worst. Thank goodness he won. I'm getting off track. The point is that the Bears have this opportunity, and this is probably Ficky what has me the most excited, Dave, probably you too, that if they do draft Caleb Williams, they can actually ask this kid to just be a part of the offense. They can say, hey, our leaders here, they're going to be Khalil Herbert. They're going to be Darnell Wright. They're going to be Tevin Jenkins. They're going to be DJ Moore. And hey, you, talented rookie receiver that Robert Hopes gets drafted, you're just a part of this too. Like if you separate, hey, great. But you're not the number one read on this key third and eight that we have to have. Hey, first and 10, Caleb, you don't have to run the triple option. Like you don't have to do that. Not here. You're just going to hand it off and Khalil's going to do the rest in some in, in an outside zone rushing attack. Like the Bears can try to channel Caleb so that he can get these really important game reps without having to carry the weight of the team, which if you remember what Mitch had to do in 2017, uh, it was him, Kendall Wright, and uh, was Dontrell Inman on that team? I cannot remember. Like, that was the guy Josh who went to Ptolemy. the Saints. I, I yeah, think Trey Burton. Josh Ptolemy. Right, but Trey Burton was the good one. Trey Burton was the guy that we were excited for, for about. Long? Like the long? 2017 yeah. team was ridiculous. Yeah. And then the 2020 team that we gave feet or the 2021 team that we gave fields, it was probably a little better than the one Mitch had to start with, but it still wasn't good. The hope here is that Caleb Williams can slot into a team that's pretty offensively healthy, or at least as good as the bears have had in a while and that he can learn. And by the time he's asked to really carry the weight of this thing, he'll have had enough time that he can have developed rather than being rushed. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. We're not as dog, I agree. dog shit as what we normally are. So, so before we get to the quarterbacks, I want to get there, because I actually have a very, I have a question for both Nick and Rob, but we have a super chat. Ficky, do you want to go ahead and bring it up? Yep. Or Jack. Oh, whoops. Uh, Jack was already on it. I'd be trying to take it <laughs> from him. <laughs> Th- thanks, Jack. If you put it up there for me, I won't touch anything. I promise. <laughs> Thank you. It's from our boy Tito, ten dollars. Sorry that we're cutting off Nick. Your beautiful, your beautiful face. But <laughs> bear with me for a second. So uh, this is from Tito, ten dollars. Appreciate. It. He said, "Y'all hear that? Polls thinks Kayla Williams <laughs> is special. Not looking good for JF one. If we get Williams up one, uh, who's the best wide receiver after Rome, MHJ, and Neighbors? Don't think any of them will be there at nine. Need another weapon. So I'll actually let." Nick and Rob answered that. So basically, thank you for the super chat, Tito. Yes, it's not looking yeah. good for JF1 at all. Yeah, I think the needle is definitely going down the Caleb route. But let's assume at nine, right? MHJ, Malik Neighbors, Rome and Dunze, all gone. And I think, Nick, you may have mentioned uh, your guy picking at 20 earlier on the show. So maybe I'll ask Rob next, even though he might be occupied, which is fine if that's the case. So we can go to Nick. No, I was just passing as- it. Okay, who would you take as a wide receiver four like who's your wide receiver four in your draft board and i'll add another question would you take it at nine are you waiting what about tight end too though you know that that, that's where i'm gonna go dave i go go brock bowers because for a couple reasons we again we talked about the the three teams Mm -hmm. having good centers that were left out of the top four 
Look at the tight ends. Sam Laporta, George Kittle, Dog. Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey. And, and the reason I go tight end, even if you have Komet, because we saw that the Patriots do this with two tight ends. We saw the Eagles do this with two tight ends. When you have a tight end in the game or multiple, the defense doesn't know if it's run or pass. So that helps you out with play action. That helps you hide lots of things. It helps in pass protection. That helps with leak outs, everything. And Bowers is enough different from Komet. Komet can be still the, the blocking and the check down and the short route guy. Bowers is a weapon, y'all. Like he's really, really good and he's breaks tackles. Like I would argue that if we were looking at playmakers, it would be neighbors and, and Harrison Jr., which honestly they're getting very close for me. I don't know who my one is. And then it would be Bowers. And then it would be Odunze. So I like Bowers a ton. I would go with him. So I need to watch Brian Thomas because I don't know enough about him. By all accounts, he seems like he could absolutely fit here, right? Uh, but the main thing I'm focused on is me personally, I want DJ Moore to stop playing X receiver. He can do it. Massive testament to our 6-0 hero, right? But I want a bigger ball winner out there on the edge so that we can then get DJ Moore back into the slot where he killed Atlanta. And that's kind of where I want him to live. Right? So when I think of big physical ball winner, I keep thinking about Keon Coleman and most of these draft boards are starting to push Keon down to the second round where we've seen DK Metcalf get drafted, where we've seen, I think AJ Brown went into the second round. We've saw George Pickens fall into the second round. Like we continue to see big outside receivers that their big problem is that they aren't fleet of foot fall to the second round. And then would you, would you believe it? They're really, really good. Right. And when I look at Keon, at the very least, I see somebody that not only has the ability to block, but he has all of the physicality that you could ask for from an outside receiver. And I just can't get that out of my mind. So I don't know if he's the pick at nine. In fact, I would actually I would probably critique polls for taking him at nine. Yeah. But you could very easily trade down or I don't know, takes two to tango. You get it. But if you could yeah. swing a trade down from nine. Maybe you could pick up some sweet draft capital on the side and still nab a guy like Keon Coleman that I think could be really good in Chicago. But it's a little bit of a bigger risk because it's a little okay. less exciting than some of these other guys. So uh, Dave, before I get before to you hop in, before you hop in, I got to call out Nick for his comment. He said Claypool uh, question mark. We can't let that. <laughs> oh, slide. see, I'm sorry. See, I was, was going to let it slide because it's a private chat. Uh -uh. It was. I was no, like, I can't, can't. I can't. I'm I can't. Sorry, you can't let that slide. Absolutely. So hey, for so those who are DK Megatron, right? What is yeah. it? Okay. Only six three receivers that are also Christian Watson. <laughs> Christian Watson's better than Justin Jefferson. Come on, man. Don't you guys remember? That's that? wild. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. But I want to bring up uh, a really good receiver, a potentially a trade. Um. With prospect for this offseason, Brandon Ayuk, 49ers. There's been some turmoil. His family's been on Instagram. They've been very vocal. I think Ayuk even talked about it. It was asked about, um, you know, the social media presence, about the story that's going around. Um, and he really didn't, like, put the fire out. So, for me, I know he's smaller, if I'm not mistaken, what, 5'11", 6 foot. Is he taller? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's 6'2". I'll look it up. 6'2". Anyways, if he's 6'2", wow, that shocks me. But I'm going to – Nick, you kind of – I want you kind of – would you – what would you send oh. value-wise? At what? How tall is he? Is he six, he's, six, six, he's, six foot, he's six foot 200. My bad. Okay. Well, either way, is that someone you're interested in? Maybe – I don't know what it would take. Probably, he's an all-pro – I mean, he's a very, very good receiver. So would you be willing to maybe trade for him if 
if that was something that was that was possible. Pair him with DJ Moore. Yes. <laughs> um, Just like and that. I, I think, like it. And I think part of it is because so there's always mm-hmm. this risk, right? I mean, with anyone that you draft, Kevin White comes to mind, right? You talk about the PTSD, Vicky, you know, that you draft a guy and there's always, well, can they be good in the NFL? Are they going to be at that level? Ayuk's already at that level and he's what, like 25, 26? Now you have to pay him. I get that. That's part of the negative, but it's just like the Montez Sweat thing. You know what you're getting. It's not a big as big of a risk. And there's a lot of receivers, I think, that are out there that fit kind of what, you know, uh, Rob was talking about with like Calvin Ridley, Gabe Davis. I mean, you want to go older, you get like uh, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, but they're not at the level that you can get Ayuk. And again, I think about these Bears teams, right, over the years. You had the the Jeff, Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett team. You have the Eric Kramer with Curtis Conway, Jeff Graham, for all my old guys out there that remember those teams like with me, the 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 most passing yards in his season, right, y'all? Okay, I, I was there for that. <laughs> they had weapons. And honestly, this is a thing like I've thought about for a long period of time. Think of like the best teams in NFL history or offenses, 98 Vikings, right? That, that, that was Cunningham and Jeff George thrown up to a squad of receivers. You think of the greatest show on turf. Yeah, Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer, but is he one of the greatest of all time? He, he's not top five for anybody. They had a bunch of weapons. And to me, like I would pepper either Fields or Rookie with so many weapons that they will succeed. I want it to be like San Francisco. And they're like, well, he's just a manager. Good. I, I dare. That's why I'd said, hey, I'd go receiver at nine and 20 if I could. I, I want to get so many weapons and receivers and a good backup tight end and O line that they help carry and take the pressure off of the quarterback instead of putting pressure on the quarterback. I'm right there with you, Nick. I think that the more mm-hmm. weapons that you can add to this team, the better. The only problem is I do think you have to be smart about your resources. And I mean, call me a big time nerd here, but I'm trying to think about the locker room. And what would be a little mm-hmm. weird to me, Nick, is so obviously Brandon Ayuk isn't happy in San Francisco, which is its own question mark, right? Because he just became an all pro, like he had 1300 yards. What is there to not like about San Francisco right now? And I guess this is probably be me. This is me speculating too much. If I was Brandon Ayuk, I might be tired of all the blocking that they make me do in San Francisco and just being a piece of the pie rather than the entire pie. You come to Chicago, you have to displace DJ Moore. It doesn't get any easier, right? You go from being the 1A, 1B with Debo to the 1A, 1B with DJ, and you probably have to at least consider swapping first rounders like number nine with number 31 just to at least start this conversation because Sam Brand doesn't want to give him up. And so I love the player. The idea of adding him on the team sounds amazing, but I can't help but think it's just too expensive. And not to mention on the other side of things, if you do bring in a free agent like Tyler Boyd, they can play number two receiver for you in a pinch, but it'll probably be number three. And then you draft that one B option. The rookie will come in and the rookie's not going to have any problem being one B to DJ Moore. Like the pecking order makes sense for somebody like Roma Dunze, Malik neighbors. Truly, who would they be to walk in and assume they were going to take DJ Moore's job? And I, I, Call me crazy. That just sounds a little more cohesive to me. But these yeah. are professional athletes. I won't pretend well, to know them. Well, a couple of things. So one is okay. Let's do that flop with San Francisco. Then at thirty-one, you can get JPJ as your center at thirty-one. Maybe. I bet he makes sense. Then. I bet he's okay. taken by thirty-one. I really well, do. Maybe. And then, but the other part of this too is like, um, I think he's upset because I mean, we all watch the Super Bowl. 
the third down with like two minutes left and Purdy gets it swatted from the blitz. If you look in the middle of the field, Ayuk is wide open and then the throw in the end zone. Ayuk is open right in the middle of the field. Again, he put a good route on and he's taken a little time to develop. But to me, I think that could be some of the frustration. He's like, you should have threw it my way more than like three times. You know, I just I know is selfish, but you want a guy in that big game to want those moments instead of the guy that shies away. That that could be part of it, but also I don't know that they can pay him. That they, they don't got money. So I think either way yeah. he's gone either this offseason or next. I think it's interesting. There was a funny moment in the Super Bowl uh when Mahomes who was it Rice or was it McCall Hardman on the sideline no, where he was, was it Rice? Rashid Rice. Yeah, he was he was talking to Mahomes on the sideline because I guess Mahomes you could say he missed him in the open, uh, but I guess it was when his center kind of had a bad snap. And uh, anyways, Mahomes got onto him. He's like, hey, you know, it was a effing bad snap or whatever. And I, I think it's just interesting uh, that between the two, Purdy and obviously Mahomes, there's a lot of difference there. But Rob, before, like I said, I do have a question for you, but I wanted to bring up okay. one more thing about free agency. Nick, you had a very interesting tweet. Daniel Hunter obviously is a very popular option. Uh, that they could sign, that the Bears could perhaps maybe send a lot, a big bag too, because it's going to cost a lot of money to sign him. I think, I think Robert, you're kind of in the same stance here, but I, I wouldn't say you're against it, or are you against it, Nick? And why, or who would you rather maybe the Bears target at edge rusher, or do you even want them to maybe go draft at nine or something like that? So I just want to get both of your guys' like insights. I know a lot of people want to talk about the quarterback, but edge is obviously going to be important too, uh, because we have to get somebody from Montez Sweat one or two more people. So who, what are you thinking about the free agent market? Well, to me, I think there's a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, yeah. you look at, I mean, Khalil Mack is out there, y'all. We remember him, you know, if you want to, if you don't go deep in the trenches, I mean, Leonard I think you Will look good in a Bears jersey. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. You, you, did the, yeah, you did the jersey <laughs> swap, I think, oh, David. Yeah. I love that, man. I've, I've I mean, been working. You, you want to do You want to do another one, Dave? Leonard Floyd? Our, our our now DC yeah. was his D-line coach just last year. He'd be nice and cheap. And he's, again, long, which is what this this scheme wants. Uh, Tyquan Lewis is 29. He'll be cheap. Played for Flusen Indy. He was the 40th best the end. Like, the, like I would yeah. rather go that route because, the, okay, when you buy a car, y'all, right? Take it off the lot, depreciates, and it keeps going down. When you sign 29-year-old free agents, 30-year-old free agents, they become Robert Quinn's real quick. They become Akeem Hicks's real quick. And again, like we love them, but it doesn't get better. And so AJ Epinesa is a guy that I would like. He's been a kind of a part-time player. He's 25. He's ascending. He played for our now DC. I mean, I know people like Bryce Huff. He's a little like shorter and not as long of arms, but there's other guys too. Like you could go Dorrance Armstrong with Dallas long. These guys that I think are craving an opportunity and they're a third of the cost. And then you can go sign your center or a safety or and again maybe a receiver maybe you have to go get Calvin Ridley I don't know whatever but I would rather have that than hoping Daniel Hunter stays healthy and doesn't drop off hmm. that's I think in a perfect world of course I want a Chris Jones or a Daniel Hunter or somebody like that I mean if the Bears were gearing up so to speak to go to war then that sounds like an awesome signing and maybe you go Christian Wilkins if you want the extra year because he's just a little bit younger there seem like there are all these options but Nick and I have kind of talked about this unless you get Jalen Johnson extended and in that extension you drop his cap hit you really only have about 20 30 million dollars to work with and one of these edge rushers as expensive as they are is just going to cost the overwhelming majority of that mm -hmm. you don't really have the money 
to get the veteran center you want, to add a Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, and also get the Daniil Hunter type that I want. But I can't help but think they might try anyways. I mean, this is probably, I think, the area where I feel the boldest because I imagine that Ryan Poles is truly thinking through the options that he has at number nine, where if Dallas Turner falls to nine, and Roma Dunze is gone, and Malik Neighbors is gone, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, and they don't want Brock Bowers that high, edge rusher is absolutely going to be appealing. Or you could just solve that problem in free agency. Because by all accounts, a guy like T. Higgins is going to go back to Cincinnati. So the wide receiver market is just less interesting than you get at edge, where it's rare to get this kind of talent option right there for just to sign. I mean, this could be a Trent Williams type signing if somehow the Bears made Chris Jones work, though I don't know if that's what they're going to do. All this to say, if the Bears did want to walk into 2024 with a truly complete team, they might find a way to trick the cap out so that they can add a high-priced defensive end. I just mm-hmm. don't know if they're that bold right now. I really don't. It's interesting. I think there's another way you could look at it, uh, Vicky, before I go. You could... If they do end up, I know a lot of people, a lot of reports are, are kind of trending towards the Bears taking that quarterback, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Obviously, um, all signs point to Caleb Williams. But if they, for some reason, somehow trade that pick, a lot of these answers, or a lot of the, the questions, these holes, could be solved with the Hall 2.0, people are calling it, that you could get back with this. Which is, I guess, that's why a lot of people are probably appealing or what's really appealing for the people that want Justin Fields to stay, and maybe not even just him as a quarterback, be like, hey, we can kind of build a super team around him. You know, it's been talked about. Um, but, Vicky, before I, before I go ahead and get to this question here for Rob and Nick, what, what, what do you got for us? Well, I was going to say, if we if we look at history, right, and we follow the data, mm-hmm. it looks like Poles isn't very big on overspending. He has a number, and he yep. sticks to it. That makes me feel like none of those guys are going to come to this. Right. Now, it doesn't mean he won't do it at some point, right? I think, uh, Rob, you made a good point. Like, when you're like, oh, we're in the window, right? Maybe that's the time you start to make those more riskier plays when it comes from a, a cap stamp point but i don't think we're there yet i think polls probably doesn't think we're there yet either especially since we may have a new quarterback this year right so i think those are probably going to be more of a pipe dream than not i think we're going to probably get more value players some of the people that you mentioned nick i could see those as more likely signings because those are going to be cheaper and they could probably still give you a decent value in return from their play compared to let's go big fish hunting that hasn't been even from the draft standpoint that has not been the case for polls from drafting or free agency he doesn't make crazy trades that puts like has a lot of risk on us like he'll do it the opposite way where he'll trade back and obviously get a haul that dave just talked about but i don't see that happening and then to transition to your next one dave the ian rapaport today and i think Schefter talked about it too the, earlier this week was talking about the haul and how it's got to be basically tre- like a tremendous haul like you have to be blown away by the haul right and so i think ian rapaport brought up like that might actually be too big of a requirement for a lot of these teams that it actually turns them off because they just don't have the capital to make such a ginormous trade right it's almost like when you we keep talking about buying cars right you walk into you walk into you know a lamborghini store like i look at these price tags and go look i'm sorry there's nothing i can do i can't 
I, I can't even sell my family to get some of the, to, to, to be able to afford this. So I just think it might be, I, I think the price tag might be so high that we're actually going to be losing out on some potential like buyers in this situation. But I'll let Nick and Rob hmm. give their opinion on, on where we might be with that, with that haul. Well, I, I have some interesting data. Rob knows this already, but I'm doing a, a massive uh, research project at Football Guys, and it's looking at teams since 2010 that have either multiple first-round picks in a, in a first-round draft or zero. And then, and then what happens to that team over three years? And then also how they were prior to that year. So we have a baseline, you know? And it's interesting because teams that have multiple first-round picks, if you just look at it from year prior to having that and three years later, um, 72.7% increased in terms of wins and, uh, only in 24% got worse. Like there's a study of this. And then, it, and then it's actually every team that had, uh, or well, the majority of teams got worse when they had zero. And then here's the thing is again, I, I see paths like you guys are talking about. I don't see the extremes. I'm more in this middle area. I see paths for success with both areas, Fields or Caleb. And you say any rookie quarterback if you want. There has to be a price point where you're like, yep, like that makes way more sense. And I'll roll with Fields or, I mean, Beijing crazy, whatever, you know, supporters, however you want to word it. Like there has to be a path where you're like, hey, you know what? We can do this because we saw ba Baker succeed on his third team. We saw Goff succeed on his second team. We just saw Purdy succeed. We saw Jalen Hurts succeed once he got surrounded. Like, if you're telling me, again, you could get four first-round picks on draft day, potentially. You're telling me if you have multiple first-round picks four years in a row and more, maybe, who, who knows what the offer could be. It could be crazy. You're not like, hey, that could be a, a good, you know, like team build. Like, I could put first-round pick at center and at safety and at like... There's at some point you're like, oh, okay. But I think some people are just so focused, like, you know what, Caleb Williams, he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. That's the only way to win. There's so many ways to win in this game that it depends on what the godfather offer would be. Right. Well, the follow up then before we go to Rob is what is your like entry point? Like, what, where do this, where does the conversation start? So all these teams are sending in offers. Like, what are you like? Okay, you got me interested. You know what I mean? Compared to, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. For you, is that Nick. for Nick? Yeah, sorry for Nick. Where's your starting point on the trade offers? How how far down do you have to go? That's that's, that's up. That's up. To, how about this? How many firsts have to come back, or first plus premium player like DJ Moore? I kind of equate those. Like, yeah. what? When do the conversations start? Uh, I mean, to me, uh, I would. <laughs> I loved how polls was almost going to be like just amazing like how we would be in madden we're like last year be like hey you know what i'm gonna go from one to two and then two to nine like i was like that's my gm you know like that's that would be ideal for me you flip with washington and 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 even Schefter said the starting point is two ones i would love for him to do that and then do something again and just get a haul to me i think you have to get at least like the equivalent of four ones which that could be three ones and then a bunch of day twos or some players, something like that to even, I think, get off of number the, 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 the number one pick. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, but I, before, yeah, and Rob, what, what do you have to say? So, I know you look, I'm a Bears content creator. I'm not a GM. 
So because of that, my, I guess, opinion gets really swayed here by what I would end up having to deal with, right? And to me, at the end of the day, picking a quarterback at number one is the only way that I can be certain that that was the quarterback the Bears had highest on their board. If they at any point trade down from number one, no matter what happens, every single quarterback taken before the quarterback that the Bears take will be compared to whoever is currently starting for the Bears. And if they stick with Justin Fields, every quarterback will be compared to Justin Fields and the ones from last year, more than likely at that stage. And people will say, okay, so Ryan Poles doesn't like C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels, huh? Well, let's see if Fields is better than all six of them. And it'll be completely unfair. And honestly, it'll get pretty insufferable. So for me, it's going to take Washington giving me not just number two, but not just number one next year, probably the number one after that. I would need Washington to make me a franchise sinking offer to get to get Ryan Poles off number one if <laughs> Ryan Poles wants a quarterback. And I don't care if that quarterback is Bo Nix. Like, I don't care if I agree with him. There's part of me that is just begging the Chicago Bears, who I've never seen have this opportunity in my life, to take the quarterback that they like the most if they decide that moving on from Justin Fields is the most or is their best option forward. Realistically, if you could get two this year, 33, number or the number one next year, the number two that the year after that, and maybe one more piece of sweetener, you got yourself a hell of a conversation. Like, I mean, I think Rob, Rob, you said you're not a GM. It sounds like you're the GM that I'd like to have. You know what I mean? Like, like you're the number one fantasy pick and, and the number two guys like, hey, I, I, I'm from that guy's, you know, that's my team. You know, I want right. Josh Allen. Like, oh, yeah. That's the guy who says, oh, I remember yeah. I was in a fantasy draft four years ago, Nick, where somebody was like, Kirk Cousins is about to be the MVP. Like, I'll trade you anything for the number one pick. And I was like, anything? Yeah, I mean, I think that Drake may. I think Drake may gets underrated in these conversations. Like, what is it? Six seventy. Six seventy just put out a like a graphic about a QB town hall, and it's got Caleb and uh, or it's got Caleb and Justin on it. And corny (laughs) as it is, it's like if you could get a future first, and especially if you got some extra second rounders, and you get a guy that his worst. Uh, I guess trait is that he's too much like Justin Herbert in the, in the bad ways, just as much as the good ways. Mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs> like exactly. that's just so bad. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, well, I think, not, yeah, I think one of the guys at six seventy bought a Caleb Williams Jersey too. So I'm like, man, a would Danny, that not be yeah, the bears have a chance to do one of the funniest things and be like, ah, you know what? We are going to do what Rob just said. We're going to get, you know, compensated for it. And Drake may was actually our number one guy. So that would be bizarre. And then I just have to sit here because that may work. That may work, and it may get them the better team. Very well could. But then I have to sit there and hope that Caleb Williams doesn't play like like Jesus in cleats. Right. Because if May is good and Caleb is great in Washington, God forbid Justin's really good too, like we just have to wear it. And it doesn't matter that the plan may work. It's it's the world of a content creator. It's a little different. Yeah. And Rob, I want to I want to pivot back to to Flus here for a moment. But before I do, Thank you. that that's you said it perfectly about you know being wrong here because CJ Stroud. I think you get a pass. Polls gets a pass. Probably. Now maybe not on Twitter, but around the league, probably is going to be like, oh, I don't, I would have kept Justin too. But if he does not take Caleb here, he 
could he realistically say, you know, everything goes to shit next year? You take, you keep Justin, and it's just terrible. You you win six, seven games, eight games maybe, but it's like Caleb does play at extremely high level. Drake May, same thing. Is he not gone? So if you take, I think we talked about it last pod, that's where it's like almost, I love you, Justin. I really think there could be something, but I have to go with Caleb because that kind of extends his job for a couple more years. And and, and that's kind of like something that we talked about with Cap last week. It's like, that's a very real, like he's a human being, you know, it's his job. So for me, do you think that plays, obviously you think that plays a role, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at Ryan Pace. Guys, for as much as we talk about Ryan Pace as a GM, Got love him or hate him, the guy was a master of keeping his job. You go back yeah. and you look at the tail of the tape. He didn't draft a quarterback in year one. He didn't draft a quarterback in year two. He waited until year three. Inexplicably didn't fire John Fox so that he could hire another head coach <laughs> the year after that and extend that timeline that little bit further like he continued to make whatever move he needed to do so that the ownership could reasonably say if things went south oh well you know we weren't expecting anything from this because of all this and i I can't help but think not that it should drive decision making that kind of i mean dave to your point fields has to make the playoffs if field stays next year, you have to make the playoffs. It doesn't matter if three out of five of your starting linemen are lost, lost for the season by week four. It doesn't really matter if six of your defensive line or six of your defensive stars go down for serious time. It doesn't matter if players just regress. Like at that point, you made your bed. You have to sleep in it. You draft Caleb Williams. I mean, God, he throws for 300 yards three times. Okay. You pretty much just got another two years extension. I mean, and yeah. through 2026. And it's a brutal truth within the industry. But in this case, especially if you're a fan of Justin Fields in the chat, what the Bears need, in your opinion, and what Ryan Poles might need as the GM might not be in total alignment. But we see this all the time. Look at Jacksonville. Tell me that's not Trent Balky fighting for his life at the expense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, it happens all over the place. Joe Douglas, another one. Fighting for his yeah. life in New York Jets. Uh, we'll probably see the same from Joe Shane, don't you think? So it's, oh. yep, it's a weird league driven by GMs that are stoic and they're sticking to their price point until that seat gets warm and suddenly they're willing to open the wallet up and make a decision that might extend the time. But, but I, I'm going to disagree well, I with think, you on this. I, I, I don't think it matters. I think so. I mean, you think Ryan Poles is only making decisions based on keeping his job. He's not, not a politician. He's not like in the end of year three, I'm campaigning for years, you know, five, six, and seven. I think he's like, what's the best for the bears? He, he stripped <laughs> it down. He could have kept it together to try to get some wins right away. And look, I'm a good GM. He's like, you know what? I'm going to be patient through this whole process. And I'm going to do what I think is the best path. And that's the thing is like, if he thinks the best path is having eight first round picks in the next four drafts, who who am I to say he's a, he has a short term view on this, or in the in the in the owners and Kevin Warner like you know what that's a bad idea to have a ton of first round picks because as I showed I I mean listen I'm a guy with a notebook you don't think they have people that can do these studies and be like hey you know what this shows that you're going to make the playoffs I mean which I have that data as well that you know and so to me I don't think polls is like listen if I make this move I get two more years of my family in the Chicago area and if I don't and everything goes terrible. I get fired. I think he wants to build the Bears as a juggernaut. And I think you can do that 
with a rookie quarterback, and you can do that with a bounty godfather offer of picks. So I do too. And I, Sashi Brown probably thought the same thing. Yep. But Sashi mm-hmm. Brown didn't win more than one game in two years and ultimately lost his job. I mean, Nick, it's I think it's this isn't that team though. Come on, Rob. Of course it's not. Well, of course it's not. It, it's all to just say that when you're actually sitting in these owner, when you're sitting in a performance review with the owner and he says, you're really sure you're going to trade this thing? You're sure. Like, are you are you stern? Are you made of stern enough stuff <clears throat> to make that decision? I, honestly, the more we talk about it, Nick, the more I'm like, well, I hope he is. If that's what Poles <laughs> believes, then I hope he's willing to make the hard choice and live with whatever the consequence is. But at the end of the day, I think he's just going to do whatever he thinks is best for the Bears. I mean, you and I have talked about it on the podcast, Nick. I don't think the Bears could be in better hands, at least based on what the GMs that we've seen in Chicago recently. And at the end of the day, I trust him enough to turn the reins over to him and be like, make whatever decision you think is best. I think you're both right. I think, Rob, you're wrong right now, but and let me, let me, let me back it up. No, GM I, I take it is weird. Yeah, I'll take that too. Wrong right now. I'm wrong right now a lot of times. So welcome to the club. But uh, the GM position is weird in the NFL because it's not like other positions where like once you're fired, you get like coaches get fired and they move to different teams all the time. Right. The same role. Some of them get bumped up. You know what I mean? They may go down for one year, get bumped up. No, GMs typically, once you're done with GM, you may go like how Ryan Pace was. You go into, you know, Still, you stay within that organization. You don't get another GM role. It doesn't happen very often. So I agree, Rob, that they are fighting. At some point, they get desperate. We literally saw it with Ryan Pace and Nagy, right? That's why they drafted Fields. I don't think, though, I have to. I probably have to favor with Nick here. I don't think Poles is there yet. Not yet. But at some point, I 100% agree. We'll start to see some dis- decisions right and it may hopefully this is like years down the road ever like seen 10 this. years 15 ever. yeah right 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 hopefully we don't right but knowing the bears it might it might happen sooner than what we expect there will be a point where you'll start to see that you know the desperate moves you're like really what does that make does that doesn't really make sense here i do feel though same with kind of flutes i i think they both they're connected together and they both know hey we have time we have time we have not seen with any of the moves that they've made so far that we're like, wow, that was really like outrageous or I'd say extreme, right? There hasn't been like that Khalil Mack trade. We were like, what? Like as much as we loved it, right? You're like, what the fuck, right? We haven't seen that type of play yet. And so I think we're more in the Nick camp for now, but hopefully, hopefully we never get to your camp, Rob. But this team has been Hopefully in that on, on your camp for <laughs> most of my life, just making wild moves after wild moves after wild moves. Absolutely. So before we before I ask my question, I've been kind of pushing this off, you know, suspense here. But I want to bring it back real quick. There, the chat's been kind of fired up a little bit. Rob kind of wanted to address it. Matt yeah. Eberflus, Rob, go ahead and take the stage. So if there's one thing that I do think is funky, whenever we talk about Matt Eberflus, you talk to most Bears fans, they hate him. Right. And and I completely get that. I'm not about to make the case that you have to love Matt Eberflus, but there's not really a world where Matt Eberflus gets fired at the end of next year. I don't care who's playing quarterback. And that is a good thing. I mean, if Justin Fields goes off next year, as would be expected of anybody that wants to keep Justin Fields, you're not firing Matt Eberflus. If the rookie shows any promise next year, especially if the defense still is, I mean, we're talking top half. 
the bar's pretty low, guys. Then Matt Eberflus keeps his job. You're going to need to lose probably 10, 11 games. More than likely, you're going to need to lose at least 11 games to get Flus fired at the end of next year. And if the Bears lose 11 games under literally any circumstance, we have not quite hit Armageddon, but we're at what, DEFCON 4? What would you say? Like, it's bad out there. And so I can't help but think that, look, I hate to be the guy who says we should rally around, but you have to give Flus a chance here. The expectation and hope has to be that Matt Eberflus is still coaching the Bears in 2027. Because if he isn't coaching the Bears in 2027, something went wrong somewhere with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus' team build. And I don't like him that much either, guys. But that's where we stand right now, where uh, there are Seahawks fans that could not stand having Pete Carroll as their head coach. There are Buffalo fans that could not stand having Sean McDermott as their head yeah. coach. Nick, there are there were Pittsburgh fans that have been crying and, and like yelling and yelling and yelling for a change at head coach for well, well, Rob, Rob, yeah Rob I I just heard I just heard they, they should fire Kyle Shanahan did you guys hear that the Super Bowl is all the mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. they gotta get rid wild. of that guy wild right? bro and, and so I look wild. at this like I, I really do get that we don't like the guy that some people call Matt Eber lose right I, I think he's dorky too at times and and especially a terrible, terrible run with the media in September and October that made him look oh. nigh on incompetent. But he's the you got to hope that the core pieces they put in place at the end of this offseason are still there in three years. We hope that in 2028, pretty much all the major players are still around because if they aren't, we've been on the roller coaster. Man, I want off. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, definitely went off. And that and that's my thing. Like, I we're Bears fans. I don't care who is doing what if we're winning. Like, if the team is good, I don't care if Fluce was the last guy, we're yeah. winning. I, same with the quarterback, right? Caleb, Bo Nix, right? Yep. Justin Fields. If they are winning games, I could care less, right? Yep. The problem mm -hmm. is, is that this organization has not won games yes in so long so people are picking certain narratives and stories that they're selling themselves on saying hey this is the way we're gonna win in reality none of us know right <laughs> we don't right. we there's some names that we enjoy right and that, that kind of makes sense like we wouldn't be mad about harbaugh because he won a lot of games but yeah. i think the point is is like let's take a step back we made progress from last year to this year. Hopefully we can see some more progress, right, in different areas. It may not always be the wins, but, like, overall, if we go, hey, this was a better year than last year, let's keep it moving. Instead of, like, yeah. player, coach, all this stuff, it's like we're going to go in. We already have. I know I have. We're going to go insane. If you guys aren't there yet, it it is. I think that's just why it's so crazy right now is because all, there's all these different narratives, and we're just, like, we're, like, in a desert with no water. And we think, oh, this is going to lead us to water. Yeah. This is going to lead right. us to water. This is, and we're like, we have no idea. We're like, all looking at a mirage, you know. Well, well, winning fixes everything. Like to me, like I don't care if the Bears threw for a hundred yards a game. I wouldn't care as long as they won. I know there's some people that be like, well, that's not how you win in the NFL. Listen, you have to like, and they look at like, you have to get to Tom Brady, and you have to throw this, and then you have to have these certain pieces. And that's how you win. No, like I just want to win. I don't care what it looks like. I'm with you. I don't care if they have. 10 offensive linemen 
and Fields is there and he's just now a running back, I don't care. I just want to win. I love it. I love it. I think um, I'm ready for free agency. I'm ready for March, to be honest. Um, I bet you guys are as well. But Rob, Nick, before we let you out of here, um, first of all, thank you for hopping on. I know Rob is going to have a all 22 yep. stream coming up. So you're right. he's as soon as this is over, I think he's going to have it up and running. So go ahead and check him out over. Um, I think it's just Robert Schmitz, right? It's just like I think it's Robert Schmitz NFL. We're going to be yep. going through as much draft a film as I'm allowed to show in about three hours. So <laughs> if you haven't watched Roma Dunze, Dallas Turner, uh, Malik Neighbors, basically anybody that I can think of top of mind. And if you have somebody that I want to or that I should watch, we'll pull their tape and get to it. And I, I want to basically kind of like you're getting at dave i'll say what the part we're all thinking yeah eventually you got to think that the bears either are or aren't going to make a move at quarterback and it's almost a matter of just waiting and seeing at this point yeah because the conversation man can we say that the discourse has been discoursed and almost just like leave yeah. it at that in some of this case because yes. it's like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen and i'm not trying to be yeah. all say la vie about it it's more like it's Whatever they do is a good thing. It will make the Bears better, we hope. But yeah. <laughs> these conversations are getting more and more volatile by the day. Let's talk about number oh, nine. Goodness. Let's talk about the other thing. Right. Absolutely. I think it is. I, honestly, the big guys like Ian and Adam Schefter, like every day we're getting an update. And I'm like, it's it's almost like the same update. Maybe just a little bit different or they're spinning click. it a little yeah. bit. Clicks. Yeah, you're click. right, Nick. Click. But speaking of clicks, I want to talk about I want to talk about Caleb Williams real quick. Um, there's a lot of narratives Ooh. about him. Rob, Nick, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want the I want to know the truth about Caleb Williams from your eyes, uh, both Nick and Rob. Because first of all, I, I talked about it before you got on, Rob. You, you're very factual. You take a lot of emotion out of. It. First of all, your threads on Twitter, Robert Schmitz. They're too I think, long. No, they're amazing, man. They're great. Now, sometimes I will be honest. Sometimes I'll like it, bookmark it to read later I because it. I can't get to it. So I, I'll be honest there. TLD. But I love, I love, love the threats. I literally have a bookmark folder that says read later. Like oh, half, of them, half of them are going to be Rob. I'm not going to lie. Some are I articles, do the same. But I do. Yeah, I get to them and it'll be like nine at nine. I'm like, let me see what Rob's it talking about. It starts as one tweet. I promise. Yeah. Wild. It's well, don't change. It's impressive. Do not change. I enjoy Impressive. it. I know a lot of other people do as well, but I want to know what is the truth about Caleb Williams? Like as far as mm -hmm. just a prospect, um, I'm not going to go into character because I think that's outlandish. You know, we, we're not gonna be able to sit down with this guy, but from all, all things that we hear about him is he's a good person. He's a great guy and he's, he's obviously a great quarterback. So, but what is the truth behind him as a prospect, Rob? I need to start because Nick is air raid certified and I'm about to make a bunch <laughs> of claims about the air raid that I have only really recently thought of that. I then want to turn over to Nick because he actually knows how the air raid works and has been schooled in it and can tell me. But so when I watch Caleb Williams, I see somebody who's got just all of the throwing ability that you could ask for. I mean, it doesn't help anything that his release is as everybody talks about Mahomes. His release is as close to Aaron Rodgers as I've seen in a long time. And because of Stockholm syndrome, that's one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. There's nothing I can do about it. The Bears lost way too many games to him being that dude. I didn't see Favre. That was effectively the best quarterback that I ever watched growing up because the Bears just didn't play the Patriots all that often, right? But so watching Caleb Williams, I see really, really wild pocket footwork and a player that at the end of the day, look, I could talk about all the different things he does well, but the truth is he's just really unique. 
And the offense he plays in is very college. And while there are structural answers, I mean, as far as I understand, Nick, the air raid is very, okay, so pre-snap, they're showing you this. You can check into that if you want to. You're going to have this array of options in front of you. Take them. And if you don't like it, just go out there and be a football player. And that there's a reason that you don't really run air raid in the NFL because defenses are just a little too good. They can squeeze your margins. And Cliff you Kingsbury. Like, right. Uh, I guess so. We saw how well that worked, didn't we? Mm-hmm. But within that, it's like you you basically see Caleb right now playing a style of football that might help him when plays break down in the NFL, but it's not NFL ball conventionally speaking. So there's definitely going to be some translation as for as much as people talk about how Caleb may hit the ground running, maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are going to be some real growing pains, but Caleb's arm elasticity, his ability to generate velocity from literally any throwing angle. He wants to, if he's running backwards, he can throw it 40 yards down the field. He's running sideways. He can fire the ball as if he's standing still. The other thing about Caleb that I think is well worth talking about, and this is as good as it is bad, is that he believes in his own ability to throw off platform to such a degree that he will attempt nearly impossible throws as if they're normal. Sometimes that can get him in trouble. But I can't help looking at Caleb and see, okay, it's like watching a corner that's too physical where you say to yourself, we can reel that physicality in and end up with a Tyreek Stevenson, whereas somebody who isn't physical enough, it's harder to teach it. Caleb has all the aggression. Caleb has the uh, the aggressive attitude down the field. He's got all of the arm talent that you could want, can push the ball f- seemingly wherever and whenever he wants to, attacks the middle, attacks the sidelines, attacks the deep areas, is one of the only quarterbacks that PFF, if you care about PFF, has graded as an 80 or better in the short game mm-hmm. in all three years of his career. Nick, I don't know if you knew that, not even Burrow. Like Caleb's one of the or Caleb is the only quarterback to achieve an entire career of 80 or better PFF short yard grade. Not that that matters. Wow. You look at Caleb Williams, I think, and you see a quarterback prospect that I find incredibly exciting, but to pretend that there's not bust potential because of how somewhat it's right on the line between confident, arrogant, and reckless. He is when it comes to his ability to extend plays. You watch Mahomes. I think that Caleb will be able to pull off some stuff like that. But I also think that there's going to be some disasters early in his career. And that's where I would hope the defense can step in. And on the games where Caleb turns it over three times, go get two or go get two back and keep it close. Nick, what do you see? Is that is that a good depiction of the air raid? Well, yeah, because there's a lot of option routes and you have to be on the same page with your guys. And you know what's ironic is Drake May also played in the air raid, you mm-hmm. know, with Phil Longo. And so people like, and Drake May, honestly, y'all, he's way more similar to Caleb than he is different. And I think people really want to separate them as two different, like both athletic, both like try to make probably too many plays. Both are uber talented, uh, you know, athletic. Like there, there's a lot of similarities there, in my opinion. But um, yeah, there is with the air raid because there's not as many checkdowns and there's a lot of you trusting your receiver to run to green grass to recoverage and you have to be on the same page all the time. And USC's offensive line was so bad <laughs> that I think sometimes it was like, all right, we're going to go recess, you know, after about two seconds here. Um, and I agree with a lot of what you said, Rob. I mean, a way to describe it is think of like the most talented golfer that, you know, that whenever they're in any kind of trouble, they just hit the hero shot. 
And sometimes it's awesome, but then also he had the most fumbles, I think, in, of any quarterback. He'll take 33. Some really bad, he'll take some really bad sacks. I mean, we saw the Notre Dame game. I was there. I saw it live. I mean, there was a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, some bad plays, but he's just really, really good. And the and the thing that you wonder, he can he's I, I described this on our pod. He's like a, an annoying guy in the pocket where like he's just always just far enough away to not get the sack and to get the ball off. And like he's just really like annoying the defenses, I feel like, which is such a skill. That reminds me of Rodgers, where like you just couldn't sack him. He bought so much time to get receivers open. But that was in college. They're going to be bigger, faster, stronger in the NFL. And will they still be able to get away with that? And you think, well, yeah, of course he will. Zach Wilson got away with a lot of that stuff in college, and it was a disaster in the NFL. I'm not saying he's obviously a way better prospect, but that was a concern because you're like, man, Zach Wilson's this big playmaker, and it was a disaster. And so, you know, I think he's probably a blend between like a like a Rodgers and Russell Wilson is kind of where I have him. Some people say Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is way faster than Caleb Williams, y'all. Um, and I, I, he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. And, and people hear that and they're like, what? He's got a great arm. Cannon. Okay. Cannon. Okay. And there's good arms. And this is where he's at. I'm not saying he's a bad arm, but but Drake May has a much stronger arm. And that's throwing on a line, even off his back foot. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. These guys have cannons. Okay. He's not going to be in that category. And that's fine. You don't actually need that in the NFL. We just saw Jared Goff and Purdy and tons of quarterbacks be successful because of this playmaking ability. And Rob was saying this, one of the things that I appreciate the most outside of his pocket presence, which is, I think, just elite, is the way he can throw accurately. Like, he'll be running full speed and just, like, throw from some weird, like, torqued position, and it's right where you want it to be. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how does he do this stuff again and again and again? And I think one of the um, important parts of the Notre Dame game that I saw was after they were down. After he made a bunch of mistakes, he still led them down for touchdown drives. And that's a mental thing, which I really, really enjoy as as a quarterback kind of coach. That's my main position. Um, He has really good footwork in the pocket when he doesn't move off platform. He's always got a good base and ready to throw. That's important. So that's something that Justin struggles with a bit. When you have that pressure, he moves slightly to still continue to throw in his eyes downfield. That's something Justin struggles with a little bit. So he's almost kind of the opposite of what Justin is. In a lot of aspects, um, but I think he's a, he's a really good prospect. But I don't think he's flawless, and I don't think I'll ever say generational out of my mouth for any prospect. Um, but I think he is very good. But again, there is an area where he could be a middle of the tier quarterback. I mean, that's a possible too. And that's well, the I think thing. what yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say what's also very important, which we talked about earlier, but I just want to double down on it, is a, there's a lot of great prospects, right? We've seen a lot of great prospects, even that we've drafted, but it's about where they get drafted to. That organization, that team, how they're set up, who's running it from the top down. I will say, I think this is the first time where we're, we're in a position to draft a quarterback where I confidently can say, I don't feel like we're going to 
fuck it up tremendously. You know what I mean? It may not be the, we got the right guy, but I'm not like, oh my God, we are going to butcher this to shit, right? It's like, you know what? I trust polls. You know, I kind of trust Flues. Oh, we got Shane Waldron. Like, can we agree like on paper again? It's all on paper. Like the hirings that we did this off scene, I mean, off season, it felt like, oh, I like that. Yeah, no, that kind of makes it like for the first time, you're like, wow, there's nothing that I can complain about really like they all i kind of go i understand the direction they're going so i what what's important is not only that this is a very talented prospect or even like drake may or whoever the a lot there's a lot of talented prospects is that i think if they come here we're actually going to be able to help set them up for success and Mm -hmm. i think people kind of forget that about mahomes Mahomes wasn't obviously the best prospect in college. That's why he got drafted third on the list. And most people had him, what, fourth or fifth, right? As low as, like, as high as three and as low as, like, five or six. Some people had him draft in the second round, which is wild, right? And Mm -hmm. I know I'm going on a tangent here, but Merrill Hodge, the video that came out where he's like, hey, Caleb's a bust, he projected projected, uh, Mahomes to go in the second round. So just want to put that out there. (laughs) Um, But my point is, though, is that he went into a very favorable situation, right? Mm -hmm. Great coach, weapons all around, right? got to learn and then boom right we know what Mahomes has done so you have the talent plus the environment for yeah. us it's not the exact like we don't have an Andy Reid right we don't have a Travis Kelsey but we do have a DJ Moore we you know we do have at least a head coach that's been here for three years now a, a decent I would say at least above average GM so if he comes in here there is some uh like uh, I guess like a solid ground and a foundation mm-hmm. yeah. that if he met, like if it doesn't work out, it might be more on him than for the first time. We're like, yeah, this organization right. just sucks. Right. Wait, so for, for the love of me though, Ficky, for the love of me, can we not have Sam Moss for Lucas Patrick at center? Like that's oh, like, okay. like, like I think Patrick would struggle with that. I think anyone would struggle with that. It's like, oh, there's, oh, we like in the Super Bowl when that tackle just didn't block Chris Jones. It's like Why? that is not good. No <laughs> one does good with that. And see, look, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm being. Uh, a little too on the nose, right? But one thing that I do think is kind of funky about if the Bears do draft Caleb Williams, this really applies to Caleb way more than it applies to Drake. So Caleb has a tendency to hold on to the football. Everybody knows that, right? And the Bears just started a quarterback that led the league in time to throw, for better or for worse. We're just going to leave that there. So you could argue what offensive line is better set up to block for Caleb Williams than the Bears <laughs> offensive line. They've been Where doing it. <laughs> guys like Braxton, guys like Darnell, guys like mm-hmm. Tevin and Nate and whoever the center is, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's a little different, but it's yep. kind of the same. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a huge piece of this, like what would Caleb bring the Bears immediately? I think it's going to be the stuff that happens when the plays break down. The, it's there's going to be some disasters. I think there are going to be some big hitters. What's going to ha- or what's really going to make the difference is going to be how quickly can Shane Waldron get Caleb to play within structure. You can't really live in the NFL without playing within structure to some degree, and I don't think it's going to be impossible for Caleb to do so. I mean, the air raid just has different rules than what you do in the NFL. I don't think Caleb is incapable of hitting the back of his drop and just letting a throw go. It's just we haven't seen it. We can't say we know because yeah. we don't. We can just say yeah. maybe, right? Yeah. But I tend to think that this whole thing is going to be we, – we should make this fun. 
I, I keep coming back to like, this is sports. We yeah. should make this yeah. fun instead of making it so gravely serious. If mm-hmm. what whoever the rookie is, if it's Jaden Daniels, if it's Drake May, if it's Caleb Williams, if it's Justin Fields, all they have to do, throw for 226 yards a game for 17 games, and they will break Aaron Kramer's record. Let's go. Let's just and do you it. Build, crazy, and you build the you statue. Know, facts. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though? We're so in I such heard. a favorable situation, win-win, like with all these routes. And if you were just to go on Twitter, you would think like, we we're in like the worst situation yeah. born yeah. to man, you know? I, but it's like, yo, this is like, this is a fun time. We got cap space. We got two top 10 picks. Like there's going to be exciting news. I, I just wish people felt like how they felt last year. Cause last year's off season, we were like, Ooh, what's this trade going to be? You know what I mean? Like right. people yeah. were really excited about that. What? Cause no matter what, there's going to trade that's going to happen, whether it's yep. a trade for fields, or you're going to yeah. trade the first, right? So I think we should kind of, you know, like like you said, we got to make this fun. It's sports. We're watching. Right. Well, for me, play, play ball, so. I, I feel thankful because, I mean, we just a few years ago, it was Mitchell Trubisky versus Nick Foles in a quarterback competition at training <laughs> camp. Like, it's a, like Rob said, this is supposed to be fun. I'm not, I really have just been, I've been trying to tune out the negativity on Twitter by just like not giving any attention for the most part, which has kind of worked sanity wise. But I want to jump to my last question, Rob, Nick, and then we'll get you out of here. What is the truth about Justin Fields? And the reason I ask this is because for me and a lot of other people, and I, and I, I really like Caleb. I really do. I like Fields and some things, but what for me, tell me what you, why you want to move on from him. Tell me why you just don't believe he's going to get to, um, where I guess some fans, some analysts even, and players think he may be able to get to as far as maybe a top 10, top 15 quarterback. So for me, Rob, I've seen some tweets about you've really went in depth about why you're not sold. This is year three now, you know? Um, so for me, what is the truth about Justin Fields and his game right now? What scares you about maybe sticking with him? And this goes for you too, Nick. Um, and so which whoever wants to go first here, I'll kind of flip a coin here. Um, I, I can. I mean – so first things first, I want to point out that the hardest thing that I find to watch about Justin Fields is that I swear I'm watching a player whose play style is at war with what's good for him, right? This is totally just my opinion. I need to preface that with this, where if we had to pick quarterbacks, if we were on recess style, Nick, and 32 teams were going to pick 32 quarterbacks to win one game, Justin Fields is a lot higher on my list than if he needs to win it within a 17-game season mm-hmm. that, that ends in a three to four game playoff run because I think Justin Fields rushing ability opens all kinds of seams and creases that other quarterbacks can't open up. But within any quarterback rushing attack is the implicit understanding you will eventually take a shot you did not expect. We saw that all throughout this last year where three runs would go well and on the fourth one, whether it was Braxton Jones, Nate Davis, I don't know, Darnell Wright, somebody would just blow the the pass blocking or they would blow the blocking concept and fields would then oh gosh i still remember that vikings game where somebody grabbed him pulled him down but not all the way down and somebody else ran over and put a shoulder in his face and suddenly i had to watch the quarterback take a hit that other quarterbacks just aren't taking right now doesn't help anything that he's not getting any flags which is ridiculous but let's set that aside right why did the bears try to take in that first couple weeks of the season Justin Fields and make him a pocket passer. It's because clearly this same question bothers them on how do we get Fields into an offense where we aren't going to get him hurt. And I don't know the answer yet. 
I, I have some ideas on things that you would try. The hope would be that Marvin Harrison Jr. would help you have two receivers that get open as if they're at Ohio State, and you might be able to build an offense that takes a little bit of the reading pressure off of the quarterback. But this is the NFL. It's just not that easy. And at the end of the day, if a little bit of if tight windows and defenders being in the neighborhood of throwing windows and zone coverage are all it takes for the offense to what stall out. And did we score nine points? Was it nine points in the last game of the season against the Packers? Yeah, uh, I think so. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't <laughs> a lot. Was it sure. uh, why, yeah, why, it why are we going back there? It's, Rob, come on, it, come on, man. it's yeah. purely, it's purely yeah, I tried to Nick, delete that from the brand. Come on, bro. <laughs> totally. I'm more just looking at this from the top end of I feel like the longer I watch Justin, the the lower his ceiling is getting. Not that it can't be upper table. Not that it can't be above average. I think in two to three years, Justin could easily have a Geno Smith-like resurgence. It's just that the timeline is starting to get wonky within Chicago right now, and they have the first overall pick. Like, I, I really believe that Justin is as much a victim of circumstance as he is anything else. I don't think we're having this conversation if Carolina returns the sixth overall pick and you've got oh, six no. and nine. Nice. Uh, at that point, I think <laughs> I, I think at least we pitch the idea of moving on from fields. But then you end up saying, Nick, I bet you'd agree with this. Well, is the ceiling of Jaden Daniels just fields? So, so what are we doing here? Like, we're really going to spend that kind of capital on Gigi McCarthy? Like, let's just build around fields and see where this goes. That's what we'd say. It's not the situation in front of us. And so I, I think that mm -hmm. there are times here, Nick, or Nick, Dave, Ficky, where people make this, oh, Justin sucks. And that's not true. Justin is a starting quarterback in the NFL. The, the Bears just got an opportunity that a lot of teams wish they had. Like if right. you pulled the league well right said. now, a lot of them yeah. would take this exact problem. And well, there's, yeah, I was gonna say there's a reason that Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter said premium, premium pick for Justin Fields, and they mentioned second is the starting point. So that lets you know that this is a first of all the the teams are desperate for quarterbacks. I don't know if you've watched NFL games this year, but there's a lot of boo-boo quarterback play, like a lot. So Fields is easily top 18, probably like quarterback. And with some teams, you think of like the Steelers, where they have everything else but the quarterback, they would easily take them. We talk about the Falcons, which I think would be a perfect situation going back home. Mm. Weapons on the offense, defense was top 10. They just had no, they had two bad quarterbacks, you know? So, you know, Fields is definitely good enough to win games and to start. And like you said, if we didn't have the first overall pick, this wouldn't be a discussion at all. Maybe, you know, not two, but like yeah. you said, if we weren't, if we weren't in competition for Drake or Caleb, this probably wouldn't be a conversation at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nick, what are your thoughts on it? Well, on I Justin? Mean, I mean, for, first off, like, thanks, Lovey. I mean, this is Lo Lovey made this problem happen. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, you talk about any statue. I mean, yeah. I still love that guy from when he's head coach, but he did that like. That, that's the problem. It's like it's just too good yeah. of a thing to have happen again. To me, overall, I think I think you have to the, how I look at prospects from even because I mean I I scout guys out of high school and I'm college. Like when you have two years of elite data, it's better than one year of elite data, right? And then and then you can do that for like very good years and good years, and then you have a guy that's been hurt a couple of years, and then like Marshawn Lloyd, right? Marshawn Lloyd, running back, he was at South Carolina. Showed some promise, got hurt, hurt, okay year, 
transfers to USC, has a solid season out there. He's on people's radar, gets hurt again. But you're like, okay, well, we saw some of it, right? That's kind of where I feel like Fields is. There, there's, I, I mean, if there's anybody out there that thinks that he had a fair shake in Chicago and was set up for success, I think you're lying to yourself. Because I don't think anyone sees that with the coaches that were out there, the schemes, the, I mean, we don't even talk about his thumb, y'all. He hurt his thumb and played the last half of the year with a thumb on his throwing hand that was messed up. You can't tell me that didn't affect him at all. And so, and, and then we talked about center. I mean, and then, and then people are like, well, now you're just making excuses. I am. And so I'm like, well, if you take those away, would he be way better? If we had a, a offensive coordinator that was even average, would it be okay? I don't know. But to me, the data points show he hasn't done it yet. And so we're getting further and further away. And I feel like he's lost some confidence because we saw him throw with more conviction, I feel like, uh, at those two really good games and his rookie year than we saw in any of the other games. And so to me, we're just getting further and further away where I I still could see it happening. But I feel like if you reset, it's a safer play. And this isn't talking about the package, right? That's that's a that's a whole different conversation. But just talking about him, I think lost confidence, lost with what he's seen and trusting his eyes, not trusting his offensive line in the pocket. That's obviously an issue we know. I think he got better this year. He definitely got better overall this year. Mm-hmm. No um, throwing throwing the ball into the pockets. I mean, getting them to jump off sides and throwing touchdowns, throwing the deep ball as we know, trusting. I mean, if we, the thing is, is like when I think of okay, let's draft. You know, if you trade down, whatever, Brock Bowers and Roma Dunze. To me, I'm like, okay, he's got three DG Moores out there. He's he's not, he's like, yep, that guy's open. He just throws it with conviction. That's a different Justin. That and you want if you saw that all the time, it's a different conversation, but you don't. And so there's a little doubt. And when you add in some injuries too, some untimely fumbles, to me, I I it's it's I I can see why the doubt's there enough to go with Caleb. Wow. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. stuff. Well, Nick, Nick, Rob, we, we've kept you way too long. We just want to say, first of all, we appreciate it. Um, secondly, um, want to give you guys love your, your podcast bear with us. Um, great. Um, do you guys have an off season schedule? Do you guys want to talk about kind of what's going on for your show right now? Um, before we let you go. Do we have an off season schedule? Go, Nick? go ahead, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were originally going to roll back to like one podcast a month or a week, but then we realized that one podcast a week doesn't grow a podcast. So two podcasts right. a week it is. And so hold on, we, love it. Rob, you, you missed me. Okay. It, it, one time a week wasn't enough. And you're like, Hey man, I, I miss talking. To Honestly, you. Let's just that's take true. Talk. Because the big problem that we've had to, uh, to really solve, I, really mean this chat nick and i keep we started we had like a 40 show streak dave where we started saying okay this one's gonna be an hour and then it would be the longest one we had yet because we just can't stop talking about football and so we're we're gonna try to find a balance between hey let's talk about what the zeitgeist is and also let's spice up discussion and talk about i don't know safeties like who's gonna replace eddie jackson what's that gonna look like more than just quarterback 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 and let things solve itself and how long was our last show rob it was 37 minutes no one would believe that that was the shortest by i would by a third that was the shortest show we had my wife was gonna leave me if it wasn't 37 minutes so (laughs) there it is we had the right (laughs) life or death right there (laughs) exactly (laughs) but uh, i I want to say 
Oh, thank you guys for having us, man. I have so much fun talking ball with y'all. Seriously. And, and honestly, like this is just having fun with friends. And so I, I hope exactly. people get something out of this. But to me, this is just hang out with friends. So thanks for having us. Absolutely. We'll have you on anytime. That's what we yes. wanted for. We uh, I think this is I think this is the second time we've done the crossover pod. I think people enjoy it. It really is. That that's we're not trying everyone's opinion. Everyone is allowed to have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's just fun to hear people talk. Even though I think some of us even have differences, and it's just a, a fun way to kind of to listen to. So also, it's the death of off season. So I mean, um, a pot is a pot at this point. So, but, hey man, a pot know, is a pot. A pot is a pot. But um, you can you, first of all, you can follow uh, Nick underscore Nick Whalen on Twitter. Um, Rob Robert Schmitz is it NFL? Or just Robert? Uh, I think it's Robert K Schmitz on Twitter. Yeah, Robert, Robert yeah, Schmitz the, the K. On, yeah, it's it's uh, Robert Schmitz was taken. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get that handle for you. But anyways, we appreciate you guys. Uh, go ahead and check out uh, Rob's stream. I think he's going over there right now. Um, I'm not sure if Nick's joining, but uh, it's been fun, boys. We'll have you on uh, maybe after uh, everything kind of calms down and there's a decision at the quarterback. So, uh, But you guys have a great rest of your evening, and thanks again. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was uh, that was great. I love having them on. That's always a good time. I know. I know. And we're yeah. about an hour 43. And uh, it's not too bad, I guess. That's that's not that's not the worst. That is not oh, the worst. We we've we've definitely gone longer. Uh, thirty seven no, minutes is not thirty seven minutes. I don't know if we've ever done that short. We <laughs> we talk and I talk. Yeah, you talk. We we we, well, we hey, love doing my so. my. Uh, like I said, I had a. I think I don't. I don't even know if I said it on the pod, but my I had a I went to the dentist today twice, got a cleaning, and had to get a crown put on and everything. My jaw is killing me. So I I, I don't know if you have any final thoughts, Vic, but um, maybe we can wrap this one up again. Oh, sorry I, we didn't show a lot of comments. I want to preface this. Yeah, we we didn't want to kind of cut off Rob or Nick's face. So obviously we're a little bit more engaging when it comes to the chat. Uh, this episode with the, both of them on, we kind of just want to keep it between. Um, just have them on the screen. So, um, but if you enjoyed it, make sure to hit the like button before you go subscribe. If you enjoyed the pod, check out Rob and Nick as well over there. Bear with us. Um, and we appreciate it. But Fick, what were you saying? No, I was going to say, we do have, uh, some stuff on the way. I just want to, you know, just I, preface there just, just for our YouTube viewers and for our, uh, for our, uh, our podcast listeners as well. I was showing a shirt, our BFR merch. So definitely working out some stuff on the background that will be available for you guys soon. I promise that a lot of exciting stuff. Let me let me see the shirt again. Show it again. Well, That's clean, know. dude. I, I like we, that. It's we the got navy a lot of blue stuff. one. Yes, sir. It's the blue one. So, All right. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. We like I said, it it is going to be really fun. Um, we got the draft coming up. Obviously, free agencies first. Um, we are going to be kind of having a pod every week. I don't think we're going to do two a week like Robin. Power to but them. Power to them. We are going to do uh, at least one a week. So we'll have another show. Uh, have a fun guest on as well. So uh, before we go, Ficky, anything else, man? Oh, you want to talk about the uh, – we'll be on uh, Friends Pod tomorrow too. So oh. Check us out. Yes, let me pull it up here. That's that's a good one. I honestly forgot about it. I'm hoping my mouth feels better. But I'll be there no matter what. Um, it's so fine. let me pull me it up here. Do all the talking. We can, we can make that up. Uh, I, I can throw it. I, I, I'm, I sure, you, I'm sure you can. Your mouth is going to feel much better by tomorrow. Hopefully, oh, God, dude, I hope so. I'm gonna play some pickup basketball on Thursday, so I, I oh, well, the men's league playoffs, yeah. right? You got the playoffs, right? Not yet. No, this is the last uh, regular season game. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, man, why can I not find this? Oh, here we go. So it is going to be. Um, let's see here. So he, it's Stephen, 
Uh, he hosts a podcast with DWC. It's a live stream on YouTube. So DeWindy City Productions on YouTube. We're going to be live with him at 7 o'clock tomorrow uh, on their channel. So um, go ahead and, you know, obviously if you're looking for more Bears talk, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Obviously, probably um, – Obviously, Bears related, but yeah, um, it, <laughs> yeah. it's going to yeah. be fun. Packers gonna talk. Be, yeah, no, no. It's going to be fun. So if you want to check us out over there, if you're not tired of us yet, we'll, we'll be on there. Uh, we're excited to kind of talk with those guys. Uh, they're great, great people. So, again, we appreciate everyone that tuned in today. It's been a lively chat. I was able to look at it. Oh, my um, gosh. Had a lot of people on here. A lot, a lot of people. Yeah. Just a lot of love. So, like, like I said, we're building community. We got some merch coming as well, as Ficky showed. Um, and we'll be um, back next week. And then, of course, we'll be there tomorrow with DW. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I think we actually had another uh, super chat from Tito that just came in. So I want to make sure we share that before we go out. Tito with the $2. Uh, he said, I thought something was wrong because it was so short. I'm not even sure. What is he referring to there? Do you know, Dave? No, well, we appreciate no idea. Chat. My brain Tito, melted. <laughs> yeah, point. Tito, I'm sorry we missed it. We were terrible with the chat today. Um, again, yeah, when we have those guys on, we really just want to kind of get their thoughts on it and, and kind of have it flow like a conversation. So we love you guys. Apple, Spotify, love you all too. Uh, well, this will be up here shortly on, on both those platforms. Um, uh, yep. And then, yeah, Vicky, anything no, no, else, I'm man? good. Nah, we're good. All right. Well, hey, we'll see you uh, tomorrow if you join. Uh, if not, we'll be next week with an, another awesome guest, probably aiming for Tuesday again. Uh, but we love you guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace.